Welcome to Sudoku Book Club, where we finally get around to the books that have been sitting on our shelves for forever. I'm Leif Nelson. And I'm Tim Everson. And today, we're going to be talking about uh, some books. But before that, we did not discuss this beforehand. Tim, I'm curious. This is after Christmas. After Christmas. Uh, did you get any books uh, for Christmas? Anything, any books that you're looking forward to not reading for a long time? Actually, you know what? I uh, I asked for some um some books particularly that i had not read yet and i did not receive them i the books that mm. i did receive though um I, I i did ask i i for the complete harry potter one through seven hardcover mm -hmm. i had one through five through uh on on paperback and then six and seven in hardcover you know it's it, it was just something that I I, I, I would have liked to have. Mm -hmm. I've obviously read them plenty. Um, also, they were used. So <laughs> that really kind of puts my mind at ease at putting more money into <laughs> J.K. Rowling's pockets. Gotcha. So what about you? Um, I did receive a few books. Um, one that I have already started reading, so that's very rare for me. Um, I got a collection of uh, science fiction short stories. But, like, it's a collection that was published in, like, the 40s or 30s. I can't remember. Like, it's very early. Like, it's not... I don't think there's any, like, Isaac Asimov in there. Like, this is, like, old stuff. For example, one of the uh, short stories... I think the first one was, like, Oh, man, what... All these skyscrapers going up. What if there was a big skyscraper disaster? <laughs> a couple ones by a guy named L. Ron Hubbard has a couple of... <laughs> crazy ideas but <laughs> leaf's gonna hear him out <laughs> yeah who knows so there's some interesting stuff there so i've already started reading that it, it does fit my interests in fact actually the author i'll be talking about today one of his short stories was in there i did receive a gift from emily's grandmother who i have to imagine that when she asked emily what does leaf like emily just said books now i trust emily to have also said leaf likes fantasy and science fiction i received a Clive Cussler novel starring Dirk Pitt, um, who is, I mean, he's the main character of the Clive Cussler novels. Novels I've actually read one before, uh -huh. Iceberg, I think it was called. He's like an American James Bond, Jason Bourne, what's the Tom Cruise one? Jack Reacher type guy. Like I was going to say Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt, yes. Uh, he is... You're, he, he's not a spy, but he does, like, at thriller adventure stuff. Um, and what's funny is I didn't realize until we got home that it's not even written by Clive Cussler. It's written by his son, Dirk Cussler. So either he named his son after the character or vice versa. Um, <laughs> either way, man. <laughs> and, but, like, yeah, like, half the front cover is Clive Cussler. Dirk Pitt, and then very tiny at the bottom, <laughs> written by Dirk Cussler. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wild. I that reminds me of the like the the James Patterson mm -hmm. mill of also written by yeah people that like you just do or um, literally any other thing he's written right. in the past ten years. <laughs> exactly. It's I mean. People, did you know Zoo was like a three season D show? I I did not know it was a TV show at all. Yeah, good for it was like on NBC, I think. 
Oh man, that's crazy. And and it just makes it even like more crazy to think about the the people that are around that age that still do all of their own stuff. Yeah. Like Stephen King had a, a book that just came out at the end of last year called Billy Summers. Like he's announced already like a new book that's going to come out in like October. I've never been a single author kind of guy, or I guess I should say like a single author. If they put a book out, I'm going to read it. Like maybe like as a kid, I mean, you have series like Harry Potter where that's all they're writing. So like, of course I'm reading that mm-hmm. or like, Redwall or what have you, but I I really can't think of like any author that I've like read everything, and I keep up to date with what's going on. And I think that that's probably common, but I think that Stephen King especially attracts a certain level of, and I think that's just of 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 cult following. Even though it's not a Mm -hmm. cult thing, he's one of the most popular mainstream authors in America. Um, But certainly, even if I you know, due to the fact that I've developed an affliction where can I read? Is it possible? <laughs> I couldn't tell you one way or the other. I'm certainly at least interested um, with every release that he has. And I, I know people who are very much, I'm going to read it right within months of it coming out or at least mm-hmm. own it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've just never been that way. So I, I'd be very interested to see inside the mind of like the person who's like, oh, it's James Patterson. Of course, I'm going to buy that. <laughs> so that was the Christmas haul. Two books. I specifically, I didn't ask for people to not give me books, but I didn't ask for books because I have such a bad track record <laughs> of this. It's kind of like every, like next year, I'm sure I'll be like, man, I haven't gotten any new books. Be nice to get some new books. <laughs> and it but. is, it's always nice to get, you know, because there's always just the, the, and I guess that's, that's partially what this podcast is, you know, uh, is, is, is run the, is the engine of it is, is that, yeah. oh, it's so nice to get new books. The feeling it of, really is. oh man, to be a person who has read all of these things, what a cool person I would be. You actually just reminded me that. I did get more books because when we were with her dad, we went to half price books mm-hmm. just to like look around and like, and I spent like $12 on like three or four books. A delightful, <laughs> delightful used bookstore yeah. chain that you can find in a lot of places. I'm sure. Not around here though. No, I think that, I think there's one in Wichita. Of course, to keep this up, as I'm sure longtime listeners remember, Emily is the dearly departed former <laughs> co-host it's it's been a couple months now and leaf is starting to you know he's starting to get out there and starting to really find that new lease on life but we do miss emily and <laughs> if you have any donations for her memorial um you can just you can dm me on twitter and i can get you up with that we take we take checks i uh, listen it's still a, a sensitive subject so let's just let's just move on that's right um fair. uh i am I'm just going to bury myself in the work, and we're going to talk about Swords and Deviltry by Fritz Leiber. You might remember last time, I couldn't remember how it's pronounced. Thank you, Wikipedia, and your IPA notations, <laughs> which I do have to Google, because sometimes they don't tell you how it's pronounced, they just give it to you, and you have to kind of, like, look at each symbol and figure it out. It is a Leiber. <laughs> um, it is a sword, so it's called Swords and Deviltry. It is a Fofford and the Grey Mouser book. It is a it is a classic swords and sorcery novel. 
And it is ex- it is explicitly so because Fritz Leiber actually coined the term sword and sorcery. Mm. So sword and sorcery generally is like Conan the Barbarian or Fafnir the Great Mouser. Um, I think I don't know if Elric counts as that. He might be a bit later. I think Elric was in the eighties, and I I think that was a little more like traditional fantasy. But um, basically, stories where there are people, there is magic, but it's not like you're just like Harry Potter throwing spells out everywhere. Um, and it's usually like the the point of each story is like, oh, we went and like we got treasure and it was kind of and a, and a bunch of people died and, and we slept with women, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tim is just nodding along like, yes, yes. You do the work. Yeah. <laughs> you reap the reward. Am yeah. I right? Am I right, Ben? <laughs> Far from the Great Mouser are pretty uh, popular. I did not know anything about them, but I recognize the name. I also recognize the name of the setting. It's a this main city is Wonkmar, I think, and I, I'm pretty sure like a lot of people around this time are using names along these lines because Terry Pratchett had a uh, a city called Ankh-More Pork. Or something along that lines that I'm pretty sure was like parodying this stuff. Hmm. Um, but to give a rundown, Fawford is a uh, he's a barbarian. If we're putting things in D and D terms, which I'll come back to later, um, putting things in D and D terms, Fawford is a barbarian. Though he's still very smart. Everyone in this speaks very eloquently. I've got an example that I'll read later. Um, and Mouser um, or the Gray Mouser, he is. A hedge wizard, which basically means he's a wizard, but he's he doesn't belong to like a court anywhere. I guess if I were doing it in D and D terms, he's just a wizard, but he's not. But it doesn't work quite in D and D like spells or what have you. Sorry, did you say hedge wizard? Hedge wizard. It sounds a lot more impressive than 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 bush magician. <laughs> yeah, it is you a bit different. Feel free to cut that out. <laughs> I really just stumbled right over that. <laughs> If I were so like old, if I were to go old school D anD D, Fawford it would be like the fighter or fighting man, and Mouser would be the wizard. But he's and to like slightly age it up a bit, he's like a rogue wizard. Like he uses daggers and like trickery before he starts using like the magic to like put people to sleep or torture them to death, mm-hmm. like he does in one of these stories. It was a rough start reading this. Um, I I bought this book back in twenty fourteen which was when I first got a Kindle. And so this I read this on Kindle, and I went through a slew of buying free books and very cheap books. Um, I think I read The Mirror Empire. I think that was one of the first books I did for this podcast. bought The Mirror Empire back then. I bought um, a lot of really bad, like, indie books. There, there are a few gems in there, but, like, just really bad. I remember I read there was one book that was like a, it felt like it was trying to be Shrek, but for um, like the evil stepmother characters. Okay. And it was painful how like hip and modern it was trying to be. Uh. And it, I, 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 part of me wants to go back and reread it to like roast it on the podcast, but I don't know if I can do that to myself right now. So this was bought, I think I paid, probably paid for like two bucks or a dollar for it. Um, back in 2014, never touched it. Just, it it, it was just like, oh, I've got a Kindle. I'm just going to buy a bunch of books. And then I didn't read a lot of the books. And I I always go through like, like 
spurts of reading Kindle versus like reading physical books. Um, like right now I'm on a real Kindle kick. I've been reading a lot of, uh, digital books and comics and things like that. Not a lot of physical stuff. Um, in a year, who knows? I'll probably, it'll have turned around and I haven't read anything. Starting this book was rough. So I finally started reading this, I think like early December and I finished it over Christmas break. And I started reading it and it is rough going. Because, as I mentioned, every character talks very eloquently, and the writing is kind of like I was saying with um, H.P. Lovecraft, very purple prose. Like, just very, like, long-winded and very, like, a lot of $10 words being thrown around. One of them, like, oh, like one that I have to look up, like, uh, I don't even remember the, I, I used to have the, the definition, but I've lost it. Rodomontades? Do you know this word? I do not. I don't even know what it means. I'm not going to look it up. Stuff like that. And my note in the Kindle, which is one of my favorite things about Kindles, being able to keep notes as I'm going, that, that was like, yep, that is, thank you. I'm glad you have a dictionary. <laughs> like, <they> <laughs> 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 um, I'm So I'm actually going to read a bit, uh, a section of a character talking to give you an idea of how they talk, how every character talks. Uh, okay, this is the Mouser. Certes, twould be insanity to assault the guild direct. Your wisdom's perfect there. If you cannot break your most handsome girl of this mad notion, or coax her from it, and I can see she's a fearless, self-willed one, then you must stoutly refuse, Ian, Ian, <laughs> her least request in that direction. And then Fawford start talking. Certes, I must. Uh, though I gather you told her you'd have willingly slit the, slit the throats of the two we struck senseless. Courtesy, merely man, would you have had me behave ungraciously to your girl? Tis measure of the value I was already setting them, then on your goodwill, but only a woman's man may cross her, as you must in this instance. And that's how they talk. Such repartee. Yes. There's a lot of that. And sometimes, like, when I started reading this, it was a real drag. <laughs> I kind of hated it. As I got to the end, it become, became much more fun because I kind of stopped taking the book seriously and was just treating it as a and d adventure I was reading. And then it became fun. Like, when I was thinking of it as real characters trying to talk to each other, it's the worst thing in the world. When I imagine two people sitting at a table pretending to be old time talking old timey and be like oh yeah so blah 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 i'm like oh yeah that makes sense that's how I, i've done that and a handsome girl is she yes <laughs> so that's how it's going um and the other rough thing is that the main i kind of don't like the main characters um Fa the great mouser is kind of i'm gonna you know what i'm just gonna i was gonna talk about things in like their literary terms i'm literally gonna talk about them all in D, &D terms cool. not as in like, oh, we're in a D&D &D world. I'm like, literally someone is playing the characters as D&D &D characters. The Grey Mouser is an edgelord. He's the kind of guy who's like, oh, you're introducing my character. I'm in the corner. I'm in the dark. I've got my hood up. And I don't, I just glare at you and you wonder, what could, the, where could this strange man have come from? Um, which can be fun sometimes, but most of the time is usually just like, you, you're like, and Tim, what would you like to do? And they're like, I, I glower at them menacingly. <laughs> and not a lot happens. Um, Fawford, the barbarian, is, he's just a bastard. 
He's just like, he he's the smartest guy in the room. He's also the strongest and he's the most handsome and he sleeps with multi- many women and he's like the guy who's just like, oh yeah, I'm in d and I'm going to like live out my fantasies or what have you. But the person who like but, is like, you wonder upon a mermaid. They have made the perfect Can character. I have sex with the mermaid? Yes. I have sex with the mermaid. <laughs> You're fighting a dragon. Can I seduce the dragon? <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, and, and it's not all like that. And, and like he has like trip-ups and things. But he, he comes off very much as like the perfect character. Um, there is one thing that's not perfect. And that's when... So at the beginning of the story... I'm, I'm really not going to go into plot. At the beginning of the story, he's, he's with a girl from his village. And he leaves her eventually... Mm-hmm. Um, he leaves her pregnant, and he, he he runs off with a girl from the circus, basically. Sorry, babe. <laughs> yeah. He kind of gives her a talk that's like that. It's like, hey, listen, I, it, it wouldn't have worked out. <laughs> you knew the deal when you laid with Fawford. <laughs> kind of. Um, if it's a boy, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a point. So I'm going to give a quick content warning about sexual assault. Um, after he has slept with her, okay, consensually, cool. She turns to him and says, "I'm glad that." Basically, she tells him, "I'm glad I like we got together after you went like on your raids with the other men of the village, because um, I'll bet you like raped a lot of women while you were out there." And <laughs> Fawford's like, "Oh no, no, no." Any women that were around had run away long before we landed, once they saw our sails. And, listen, if any raping had been done, I was the youngest there, so I'd be, like, last in line. (laughs) My guy, just say no. (laughs) Right! Just say no. It's like, and it's that, and also, I'm, like, trying to imagine, Fritz, what are you doing? Like, what... (laughs) Are you trying to show, like, oh, yeah, he's, like, a Viking character, but he he hasn't raped anyone. He never had a chance. Don't worry about it. Look, I'm not going to say that, you know, yeah, he, hasn't, he hasn't got a chance to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my God. The, the exact words he, he says, I would have been bottom of the list of rapists. And it, it, and it's, so he's not even like sugarcoating it. They are saying rape and they're talking about rape, but like, it's so flippant. I don't know how to explain it. You hear those words and I immediately hate the character more. But the presentation of the book is that, like, oh, he's such a good guy. <laughs> like, oh, he's such a scoundrel, but he's good. <laughs> it was just kind of painful. There's some decent parts in the thing that are kind of fun. The the gray ma- uh, the main problem with the the Fawford story it was too long. Like half the the so the novel I read isn't really a novel. It's like a collection of three short stories that he wrote. And the Fawford story was, like, half the book. Then, like, a quarter of the book, maybe a little, probably less than a quarter of the book, was the Grey Master story. Whereas, it's pretty standard, like, his his master is killed, and he, like, he's in love with the, the daughter of the, the local noble, but the noble is the one who killed him, and so he's conflicted, and blah, blah, blah. Court, kind of interesting, but also kind of boring. Um, and then, the final story is when they, they meet each other, because... The first two stories were, like, prequels that he actually wrote after he had written stories of them being together. And then this story, I don't know if it was, like, the first Fawford and the Grey Master story or it was later, but it's, like, when they first meet. And when they first meet is when 
I was I, I first started being like, this is D&D. This is a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. And someone just wrote down the details. Because it, it has so many things that fit it. Not just the way the world works. Because D&D like, was not just influenced by uh, Lord of the Rings. It was also influenced by Conan. And I'm sure Fawford and the Grey Mouser. Um, like, there are too many... It was also... Uh, there's a writer. I can't remember his first name. It starts with a J. But Vance had a magic system. J.D. Vance. <laughs> yes, J.D. Vance. <laughs> the mechanics for his magic are the way me- mechanics work for D&D. Where you memorize a spell, and then when you cast the spell, you forget it. That sort of thing. So there were a lot of influences that go into D&D. Um, and... But, but, like, specifically the way a, a session plays out, where, like, a dungeon master presents a world to you, and your character's kind of just, like, and maybe a few quests, and the character's kind of, like, play along or do whatever they want. Um, and so I kind of have a list of things where they just meet randomly and are instantly friends. Okay. Uh, they, like, in D&D, some, like, you sometimes have, oh, you meet in a tavern, but a lot of times people are just like, uh... Listen, let's not go through the beginning stuff. You're together. You're 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 working together. It's great, and that just happens. Um, when they meet each other, they immediately fill each other in on their backstories. <laughs> so I, per, as the reader, have just read Fawford's story and the Gray Mouser story, and then in this one, they they tell each other those stories, and it it feels like people like showing off because they're both kind of like trying to outdo each other and like how depressing their backstories are um they get a quest so Fawford is already on a quest with that girl that he uh ran away with on the, uh, from the circus where she owes money to like the thieves guild or something I can't remember the guild and so he's supposed to like kill the head of that so that to get revenge on them I can't remember why um they get a quest so they're given this quest and then they immediately just get drunk instead. <laughs> they go to a, 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 a inn and order big, like, jugs of alcohol and are just, like, getting, like, dead drunk on their feet. And then they go on the quest while they're still drunk. And they do all... And they, they get in hijinks where they lie their way in when they shouldn't be able to. Like, no one in their right mind would believe that this hulking giant and this, like, tiny little mousy-looking guy are part of the thieves guild and no one recognizes them but they're let in literally they pull a trick of where they come in at night and the guy who's on watch is like i don't recognize you it's like oh we're with like the day managers guys <laughs> and they let him in <laughs> and then plus. They, they get in over their head the, the, like because of how they they end up being taken straight to the leader instead of being able to like sneak in and they kind of have to just bs they pitch an alternate way of doing thievery <laughs> like they're tr- like they're trying to like pitch a new business plan to him and he's like considering uh what they're saying and then they forget why they're there they don't kill him and they leave and then this is where the dungeon master got mad that they didn't like he set up all the he like set up this like intricate thing because they were like oh what if I open this door and he describes what's in there oh you see a magician who's like peering into an orb and he's chuckling to himself and they don't go in they leave and they go to another door and they look in it's like hmm you see the beggars like discussing their things and then they don't interact with them and they leave and so this this dungeon master's gotten so mad at them that. When they come back home, both their girlfriends are dead. (laughs) 
and there's an, and and then they're like, oh, we got to take this seriously. They go back and they kill him, and then it's like, and then they they ride off into the sunset, and that's it. It's it's so ridiculous, and it's not great. But I had a lot of fun reading it. As soon as I was like, this is D and I'm gonna read it like D and and it went perfectly. Now this is all played straight. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So this is almost like like using archetypes that D and D set up, but using them like one hundred percent letter of law. Right. But I should say these were before D and D existed. Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. But and it, and it didn't stick. It didn't. Like I said, that Fawford would be a barbarian. He's described as a barbarian. But like I said, he's intelligent. Most people these days, when they play a barbarian, intelligence is your dump stat. Mm-hmm. Some people, a lot of people play them like, oh, I can't even read. That sort of thing. So so it doesn't fit one-to-one. Right. But it is very much in the vein, like, I mean, sort of like Conan. Conan is not dumb. He's like, he like becomes a king in like the later stories and he's like leading a kingdom. Right. And he knows, and he's very good at it from, I don't know, actually, I have been writing this, so I don't know if he does a good at it. Most Conan stories, and I assume Fawford and the Grey Master stories, like I said, one story will be, here's how I got the treasure. And the next story will be, well, I lost all the treasure, so I'm poor again. <laughs> Um. Now you may have said this. I don't. I don't think you did though. What? When? 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 Abouts were these written? Um. I don't remember. Quick Google. Uh, it was published in 1970. 1970. Oh, that's actually pretty close to when D and D came out. Not. <laughs> Makes the rape thing worse. <laughs> Makes it worse. It was never good. <laughs> but 1970. Well, well, that's when it was collected. So the st- short stories were coming out in like the late fifties and sixties, I think. All right. But uh, uh, no, like there's no excuse. But <laughs> well, uh, in German, I I assume American. Really? Yes. That dude has the most German <laughs> the most German, German name, name that I've ever heard. <laughs> well, do you have any questions, Tim? I, I, there's not a lot of discussion. <laughs> really? Not a lot of nuance here. It's just kind of like there were some stories I didn't love, and then I ch- I stopped reading them as literature and read them as someone's uh, after battle reports on a forum. <laughs> this feels like something that like a streaming service would like try to adapt because it is it is IP even though not super yeah. famous IP, mm-hmm. and they would you know and they could sell it to 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 some creator as like. Look, you just got to use these names, and they got to be, uh, uh-huh. you know, this guy and this guy. But pretty much, you can do whatever the hell you want. Aside from that, I'm actually kind of surprised. These have these been adapted at all? Because obviously, not that I'm aware of. The Conan stories are, you know, very famously been yeah. adapted. Well, I think it's part of it. The Conan stories are older. I think uh, they were being published in like the 30s and 40s. Um, but so this is more recent. It was. Obviously, at that time, overshadowed by, like, Lord of the Rings and other things. And, I mean, had you heard of Fawford and the Grey Mouser? Nope. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just a little too niche to have been, to be, like, snatched up by someone who's like, hey, we're going to make our, like, how do I explain this? Like, right now, everyone's making their Lord of the Rings movie shows and movies like the wheel of time series a few years ago the shannara chronicles um 
the Lord of the Rings. Actually, Lord of the Rings. The actual Lord of the Rings. The Rings of Death. Power. Power. So everyone's making their Lord of the Rings stuff, and similar, and even back in the early two thousands, the 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 Narnia line, the Witch and the Wardrobe was very clearly like, hey, the Lord of the Rings just came out. Let's make a let's like make a Lord of the Rings. Aragon. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um. So I like there. There's a quote by Terry Pratchett. Um. The Lord of the Rings to fantasy is like Mount Fuji to like art of Japan. Okay. Basically, whenever you're writing fantasy or making art of Japan, Mount Fuji is always there. Even if you don't include it, you know it's just out of frame. Right. And that's how Lord of the Rings is. Like, a lot of people are aping Lord of the Rings. Like, I'm sorry, Shannara and... Uh, Wheel of Time, at least the very first books, the very beginning, literally just Lord of the Rings. Like, <laughs> it ju- it, they just are. They, they might become something different later down the line, but they're just Lord of the Rings. And, uh, I, and I think what I would say is that Fawford and the Grey Mouser is like, to Conan, what Wheel of Time is to Lord of the Rings. Okay. So it is the... One that is like it's inspired by Conan in the same way that uh, Wheel of Time and Shannara are inspired by the Lord of the Rings, and they are by extension less popular. Popular at their time by people who enjoyed that genre, but they kind of don't have the same staying power, mm. like culturally. So I don't know, man. You have to get on that Wheel of Time train. It's a coming. <sighs> I haven't heard great things. About I have not heard great season. things from both non-readers and readers alike. I I still have I have started the the first Wheel of Time book two or three times now, mm-hmm. and I like it more each time. So just a little more Stockholm syndrome, and I'll finish it. <laughs> um, to be fair, the last time I didn't finish it was because I was like, "Hey, maybe I should finish my masters instead of reading fancy books." Look, look forward to our Wheel of Time episode in twenty twenty four. Yeah. So, uh, I I think that's that's it. Like I, I feel like this first episode being just like a catch up, a really middling book. <laughs> like if like I cannot suggest this book unless it's two dollars. Still, hey, whatever, check it out, see what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. I look forward to all the angry, uh, <laughs> all the Fawford stands out yes. there. Yes, <laughs> uh, but I, I think that that's really all I have to say on this. Well. I, you know, I, I, I did find it interesting. It certainly, while it may not have been remarkable within itself, it certainly is, is, it certainly shows a certain kind of fantasy foundation. All right. I think that is going to be it. Next time, uh, I think that uh, it will be me again. I am going to be talking about, uh, we'll be resuming the Christmas talk, Christmas book talk. With Once and Forever, The Tales of Kenji Miyazawa, which is a collection of uh, children's tales from uh, early 1900s Japan. Very exciting. Yeah. We would like to thank Velt Punch, the band Velt Punch, for their song Fighting Pose from the album His Strange Fighting Pose. You guys are the best. Wow. Be sure to check us out on Twitter, at Sindoku Book Pod. And be sure to listen to our back catalog of episodes. There are many of them, and they're all 
great. Yeah, I actually want to give a shout out to the three people who listen to us on Christmas. Uh, I'm so glad we could be with you on that special day. Uh, I hope you spend time with family too, but... We're the only family you need. Yeah, really. Um, But with that, I think that is it. So we will talk to you next time. Have a blessed evening. Bye.